Before we start the program, I want to introduce you to an event that's coming up this August. The Loma Linda Institute of Worship is offering a worship leadership certificate to help leaders and pastors take their congregation's worship experience to the next level. This August 9-12 through 12 event will include presenters Randy Roberts, Adriana Pereira, Nicholas Zork, Wayne Buckner, Richard Hickam, and more, and provide the opportunity to perform on stage with Steve Green and the Heritage Singers. Come sing, pray, write new music, share testimonies and resources, and grow together with like-minded worship leaders from across the world. Go to LLIW.net to register. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Oh my word, I heard you guys singing. I know you're out there. (laughs) Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father God, what a beautiful worship experience it has been. From the children to the singing, Lord, we just pray that you will continue to guide and direct and that your spirit will teach us what we need to know today. In Jesus' name, amen. I was on a return flight, headed home. We were about ready to take off when suddenly a gentleman plopped down in my row. Immediately, the smell of alcohol and smoke filled my nose, and I thought to myself, five hours of this, how in the world am I going to survive? An announcement came across that we were to turn off all of our electrical devices and our cell phones, and I couldn't help but overhear his last words with the phone call that he had. This is what he said. I'm so sorry, Dad. I'm such a failure. Those words just pierced my heart. Just the emotion in his voice. I knew that this was such a broken man. And it was over the next few hours of that flight that I learned John's story. He was on his way to the Betty Ford Clinic. He said that he had many demons and issues that he needed to deal with. And this was not only his first time, but this was actually his third attempt at sobriety. His world was spiraling spiraling downhill. He had that very morning called and actually made it into the Betty Ford Clinic, and so this was very last minute. This was his last attempt to find an answer for his turbulent times and situations. And I sat there thinking, man, I wish I could just give him some hope. And so I prayed silently, God, please give me an opportunity. Give me an opportunity with John. And it was an opportunity that arose right soon thereafter. He asked me, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And his eyes about popped out of his head and expletives came out of his mouth that filled the whole entire front end of the airplane. And he immediately told me, I was raised Catholic, but now I am an atheist. And he said, I know the Bible, I know scriptures, but I don't believe any of it. It's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of nice stories there. And he said, why, why do you believe the Bible? Why do you believe in God? And I had an opportunity to tell him a little bit about my story and how, how the Bible and how God had transformed my life and, and what, what it meant to me 
And after I got done sharing, he said, but, but what if it's not true? And I looked back at him and I said, John, what if it is true? What do you have to lose? You see, John, John was searching for answers. He was searching for answers in his very difficult situation. And I wanted to tell him how he could get help. But the very thing that I knew would, would heal that brokenness from deep within him was the very thing that John didn't even believe. Are you, like John, dealing with some turbulent times in your life? It might be addiction, like John, but maybe you're dealing with a difficult situation. Um, maybe you failed a test. Maybe you didn't get the job that you wanted. Maybe you are in a financial crisis. Maybe you are struggling with depression. Or maybe you just have some difficult times in your life that you just, you just don't have answers for. If you find yourself in that situation today, rest assured, Paul was there before you. In scripture that Leah read, Paul was writing that little piece of scripture to Timothy. You see, Paul was Timothy's mentor. And Paul now found himself in prison. He had been there before, but this time it was different because the situation was a lot worse and he knew that he would not get out of prison alive. And so as he sat in his prison cell, he remembered his protege, Timothy, and he remembered all the time of, of mentoring, of discipling, of training him. And he thought, what, what do I need to tell Timothy before it is too late? What words of wisdom, what words of advice can I speak into his life before it is too late? Let's turn again and look at 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. It says, but... As you continue in what you have learned and have been become convinced of, because of those whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through Jesus Christ, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, Paul was saying, man, you're going to come up with some times, Timothy, that you're going to need something that has answers, something that you can navigate through life successfully. And he said the answer is what? The answer is scripture. Scripture is your answer. The last words of a dying man's lips was scripture is the answer. It's the answer to life's most difficult questions. It's the answer to help you continue growing in your relationship and journey with Jesus Christ. Paul was saying, Timothy, dig deep, step down, and dig into the richness of God's word. But why did Paul say that? 
Why, why in the world would John, the gentleman that I met on the plane, need to go to Scripture for the answers? Why would I need to go there? Why would Timothy, why, why would you need to go to Scripture for answers? And Paul gives Timothy three clear reasons why Scripture is the answer. The first reason, Paul says, is Timothy The reason why scripture is the answer is because it is inspired. In God's infinite wisdom, he inspired people to record and write down accurately who he is, his ways, his heart, his character, and his purposes. Scripture is the primary way that God communicates his truth to us. Scripture is inspired. It is God-breathed. So that means, guess what? We can trust it. It has authority. It is not just any book. The fact that the Bible is inspired sets this book aside. It is not only good for helping us with difficulties now, but guess what? This book is the answer to our eternal needs as well. God inspired Paul to write this letter to Timothy, not only for Timothy, but he knew that today you and I would also need these words. Adam Clark's commentary has an interesting quote. It says, those words would end up in a book that was written over 1,600 years, over 60 generations, by more than 40 authors, on three different continents, in different circumstances and places, in different times, different moods, in three languages concerning scores of controversial subjects, but it speaks with one united voice. That's not possible if it's not a God thing. There's just no way. And so in the final letter to Timothy, Paul, Paul warned Timothy, saying, you know what? God's scriptures, they're being abandoned. Teachers with influence and voice, even inside the church, have departed from truth. Their words, their ideas are no longer representative of God. Humans, humans cannot decide what is inspired and what is not inspired. They can't, they can't say what to believe and what not to believe because scripture, all scripture is truth and it's inspired by God. It's his way of communicating with us. I was on my way to Palm Springs, the Palm Springs airport. I was trying to avoid all the LA chaos But unfortunately, the morning that I was to depart and fly out, there happened to be two major accidents, one on the 10 and one on Highway 111, which are the two ways to get there. And so I asked Siri what route would be the best way to get there in the most timely manner. And so Siri said, take Highway 111. That's the best option for you. You'll make the best time. And so we did. We started on Highway 111, and it was stop and go, and I started to panic because I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to miss my flight. 
And so I asked Siri again, I said, is there an alternate route that, that I could take that would be better than this? And to my surprise, there was an alternate route. And it was only a mile up the road. And so I thought, okay, at this rate, we'll get there in about half an hour, and then we'll take that new route. As we approached and got closer, we saw cars starting to turn, and I thought, this must really be legit. Other people are finding it as well. And so we turned, and there were other cars, and we went about five miles, and I was feeling good, when all of a sudden, guess what? The cars started to stop, and one by one, I could see up ahead, they started to turn around and come back. And as they passed, they said, better go back the other direction. But I saw a man standing in the road, and he was giving information, so I wanted to know what in the world he was saying. So we drove up, rolled down the window, and asked him what in the world was going on, and he said, this is all he said, he said, your GPS has lied to you. All right, he said, if you keep going, you're going to end up in a wash with a couple of other people who wouldn't listen. There is no outlet here. <laughs> I listened to a false navigation system, which literally led me down the wrong road. Has that happened to you? Have you trusted Siri thinking, She's the authoritative voice on how to help you get where you need to go, but you ended up in the wrong place. I don't know about you, but I know that that series not always accurate. And when it comes to things that are eternal, I don't want to follow something that might be accurate. I want to follow something that has authority, that is 100% accurate and God breathed. God-inspired scripture does not lead you astray. All of the answers are found in here because it is God's way to communicate his truth to you and to me. Are you searching for answers in your life to some difficult questions? God is your stability. His word is true. So Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, the reason why scripture is the answer is one, it's inspired. But Timothy, there's another reason. It is also the answer because it is instructive. Scripture tells us how we are to live our lives. It helps guide our choices. It helps guide our decisions. It helps us because without that, we wouldn't know, but God knows and he helps us and he helps transform our character. And Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, scripture is very useful for, for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training. All of these things, it is helpful for. It, it tells you what is right. It tells you what is not right. It tells you how to get right. It tells you how to stay right. How can scripture instruct us in the right way that we are to live if we never open God's word? If we never seek to find what his words are to us? I read a study by the George Barna Group. It was a 
study that was conducted over a period of six years. This study was to find out the role of the Bible and its influence in society. I would like to share with you just three of the questions from this study. I think they're really important for us today. The first question says, do you agree or disagree with the following statement? The Bible contains everything a person needs to know to live a meaningful life. There's a lot of information here, but what I just want you to look at is look at from 2011 to 2016. Those that strongly agree have what? They've gone down. Those who disagree have what? Gone up. This is showing us that people don't think the Bible is trustworthy, that it does not have the authority that people believed it once did. The next question in this study that I would like for you to take a look at says, do you agree or disagree with the following statement? The Bible is totally accurate in all of the principles it teaches. If you look again, you can see the same thing that is happening in 2011. Those that agree go down by the time 2016 hits. The same thing with disagree that we saw last time, it goes up. So what that is saying again is people aren't trusting the authority of scripture and thinking that it is accurate for their lives. There is one last study that I would like for you to look at, or one last question in this study. It says, how often, if ever, do you actually read the Bible, not including times when you are at a church service or a church event? And what I want you to look at here is even though there are a lot of different options, while readership varies here, um, how often people read, I want you to look at the very top one. The top one never is the highest percentage. If you look down at every day, it kind of stays the same. It's gone up a percent or two. But never trumps all of the other ones. This is a problem. This is a huge problem because if the Bible instructs us and it, if it is God's communication to us and we're not reading it, where does that leave us? I want to share with you one more study, and it's just a small portion of a study according to the Transformational Discipleship Bible Engagement Study with LifeWay Research. Bible engagement is in churchgoers' hearts, but it is not always practiced. And listen to this, 19% of churchgoers read the Bible daily. 19%. 14% read it once a week. So basically what that is telling us is, is that we know and we mean well but we're just not doing it. We're not in the word and reading it. Ed Stetzer, president of Lifeway Research, has this to say about it. God's word is truth. So it should come as no surprise that the reading and studying of the Bible are still the activities that have the most impact on growth in this attribute of spiritual maturity. As basic as that is, there are still numerous churchgoers 
who are not reading the Bible regularly. You simply won't grow if you don't know God and spend time in God's word. This is sobering information, at least it was for me, and it made me take a look into my own life and do some reflecting. But I want you to think about it. Where do you fall in those statistics that we just read about? Do you have a habit of picking up this word of God and reading it? Because you see, as disciples and followers of Christ, this book, we never graduate from it. This book is a lifelong book that we are always learning from in order to take the next step in our discipleship journey with Jesus. I love what Charles Spurgeon says. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. So Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, Scripture is the answer to life's most challenging situations. The reason is, it is inspired. It is straight from God. It is also instructive. It it teaches you how to be, how to act. It teaches you God's ways. And finally, Timothy, it empowers. Again, we read from the scriptures in 2 Timothy. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped in every good work. The whole point to the scripture instructing you and transforming your life is to empower you to do things that you would typically not be able to do. It is to help you to be transformed and that automatically affects the lives of everyone that surrounds you. Now that your life is changed, you are thoroughly equipped, not just somehow, not just maybe, You are thoroughly equipped to do anything, absolutely anything, that God asks you to do. There are no limitations with God. I would like to share, I would like to read a story that illustrates this point quite well. Andrew Michelle was a troubled teen. He was kicked out of every school he attended. His thought was, we're all going to die, so it doesn't matter how we live. Since he was always in trouble, and he knew that we were all just going to die, his logical conclusion was, why not live life to the fullest? So he decided to live 100% bad. He got into drugs, he got into alcohol, he got into crime, and at the age of 16, he was arrested for seven first-degree counts of kidnapping. The level of this crime was right under murder, and so he went to prison for life. Because he was a minor, he was put into solitary confinement. He thought his life was over and that he would just die. But one day, someone slipped a book 
into his cell, which turned out to be the Bible. That was the beginning of a new life for Andrew. He had never read the Bible, and so he didn't know where to start. So he just randomly opened it. He opened it to a book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1. And this is Andrew's paraphrase of what it said to him. Young man, do not get involved with people who are making bad decisions and who are committing acts of violent crime and robbery. Don't do that because if you follow their path, it will destroy your life. In other words, don't do what you just did. After reading this, Andrew felt terrible. The power of reading the Bible began to convict him. He began to be convicted of the crimes he had committed. He was convicted of the people who he had brought so much hurt and pain to. He started to feel guilty. He started to feel lost, and the tears would not stop. He then started to read the Bible more and more, and as he continued reading, he read many stories of people who made really bad decisions, but they prayed to God for help. And so one day, he decided to try it. And so he said, I'm sorry for the terrible decisions that have ruined my life, but if possible, please help me and change my life. For the very first time, when he knelt and he prayed that, he experienced a change in his life. For the first two years, he was in solitary confinement, and he read his Bible that whole time. When he was 18, they moved him to the adult facilities with the other adult prisoners. Here are Andrew's own words. Every day I began reading from the Bible, and the more I read the Bible, the more my mind began to change. I no longer wanted to be 100% evil. I wanted to follow God 100%. He continues to say, the Bible not only changed my life, it started to change the lives of those around me. The Bible was transforming Andrew's life. For the first time, he wanted to live a life of good. He wanted to do something good. Andrew read a story about a young boy who was playing, and he happened to climb a fence and fall into the neighbor's yard where their Rottweilers attacked him. He needed major surgery to put his face back together. The family was very poor, and this article was saying that they were collecting money for the expenses. And so Andrew decided to help. So he asked the prison officials to withhold money from his paycheck so that they could send it to help with the medical expenses of this boy. Reading the Bible had changed him. His whole life had been about stealing. And now for the first time in his life, he gave to someone else. Prisoners started to notice these big changes in Andrew's life, and they wanted to know what the difference was. So they asked, Andrew, what in the world is the difference in your life? And Andrew answered, I'm in the daily habit of spending time in God's word, and it has been changing my life and helping me make good decisions each day. I believe the Bible is of no help to anyone unless they pick it up and read it. It has no value, it's not a lucky charm, and it's not a magical amulet unless you are in the word reading. 
You have to read and engage your minds with scripture. Now, I've only told you a portion of Andrew Michelle's story, but if you want to hear the rest of it, which I encourage you to, Google his name and listen to his entire story. It's pretty amazing. But his story is is such a perfect example of how God empowers. Scripture transforms the leader. Andrew went literally to being a new creation. The Bible equips. Scripture is the answer. It was the answer for Andrew. What about you? Has Scripture been the answer for you? In my mind, I'm taken back to the scene with Paul in prison. I can just picture his head bowed, praying for the right words to write Timothy. I can see him writing this last letter in a deeply reflective mood. I can see tears coming down his face and and his heart filled with love and compassion for his protege his son, Timothy. I can hear him as he repeats some of the words that he wrote, the most important words. Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that all, all God's people may be equipped to do good works. In other words, Listen, Timothy, Scripture is the answer. Scripture is the answer, first of all, because it's inspired. It's God's direct communication of his truth in your life. Secondly, Timothy, it's instructive. Scripture is the answer because it is instructive, and it will tell you how to live your life. And lastly, Timothy, it empowers It empowers you to make your life useful for God and for others. This book is slightly falling apart. This book is 29 years old. My parents gave it to me at birth. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They actually gave it to me when we were attending SoCal camp meetings during the summer. It has been a Bible that I have carried with me since then. And in the front, they wrote a very special message. I would like to share that with you. As you study the story of Jesus' love for you, may he become your friend and example and help until he comes to take you home. This particular Bible has so many different notes in the margin, in the margins, with things that just remind me of of times when God has spoken directly into my life. And I'll, I'll make just a little note and I'll put the date. And oftentimes when I'm reading through, I'll, I'll come upon it and I'll stop and I'll remember. If I'm in a moment where I'm feeling like he has deserted me, I am reminded, hey, he's, he's always there. And there was one particular uh, scripture that I stumbled upon that reminded me of a time in my life. 
I had just gotten out of college. I was looking for a job, and I had an interview at La Crescenta Valley Adventist School. I was very nervous, of course, because it was my first interview, but more than that, I was just so uncertain about the future. I didn't know what in, in the world God wanted me specifically to do or, or where he wanted me to be, and I, just, I, I had so many questions in my mind. The principal had taken me to a classroom to sit to wait for the personnel committee. And as I sat there, I looked up, and the whiteboard in that classroom had a scripture in the top right-hand corner. And I remember looking at that scripture and reading it and thinking, oh my word, that scripture is exactly for me. It's exactly what I I needed to hear, and I want to read it to you. It said, from one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Acts 17, 23 through 27. I read that scripture on the board that day, and I'm sure, I'm sure it was an angel. It completely filled me with peace, and I realized at that moment, Joel, quit worrying about this. Do your best. God has got it all planned out for you. Just stay in the word, because that is the answer to life. He will see you through. This book Friends, this book, it never, ever gets old. It has all of life's answers, even to the most difficult questions. And it is absolutely impossible for you to take the next step in your discipleship journey without first taking a step down. Taking a step down and digging deep into the rich treasures that are on the pages of this book. Let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you so much for thinking about us here today. Thank you so much for preserving a book that communicates to us who you are and your heart. And Lord, today I just pray that you will open our minds and our hearts and that you will help us to open that book that sometimes we just think about, sometimes we just don't have the time. But Lord, I pray that in life's difficult situations and even when life is going well, that we will daily open your word so we can hear your ancient words. Bless us this Sabbath day. In Jesus' name, amen.